let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Good evening and welcome to Thursday Night Babble TNB with myself and Cousin Mod Jonathan. Hello Jonathan. Hey Phil, who would have thought? Who would have thought, huh? The <laughs> Do you know what, that exactly, this is, we are, we're the meme, we're the Paul Rudd gif. Look at us, just two guys <laughs> hanging out, we're that meme. Um, two guys hanging out, shooting the breeze, maybe about football, maybe about football and something else, who knows. We have the Thursday night, our bonus show, which you get for free, by the way, folks. You know, this is all, this is top quality content you're getting for free, as well as our other podcast. So, I mean, you're very honoured. Um, myself and Jonathan tonight, we're just going to use the Thursday night show just to talk about other issues going on within football or maybe even TV shows, whatever. We're just going to use this Thursday night babble to shoot the breeze wrapping up, as I said. We've a, we've a few things to get through tonight as well. We have a few listener questions too, and um, to get through. But I just want to sort of start off with Johnny. How did your Thursday go for you today, sir? Because my angst started off wild. I'm sure it did. No, no. Uh, it did. None of you know about it yet. Oh, we don't know. Oh, look no. at him. Look at him oh, trying to get my live reactions. We're doing a lot well, of live well, reactions nowadays. Uh, it's the best. So I got caught by the police speeding. <gasps> and I got pulled in by the police uh, for speeding. Um, I was. I didn't even realise. I was speeding. I was coming pa- out of uh, Armagh. So if anyone that listens to the show that is from Northern Ireland or Ireland knows Armagh, coming into Armagh, sorry, from the Porter Down direction, uh-huh. come up over the brow of a hill towards Royal School Armagh, and then a police officer stepped out into the middle of the road <laughs> and waved me down. Now, I originally, in my innocence, thought something happened. So I wound the window down and I was like, what's happened, officer? And then, like, I thought an incident happened. And he's all like, he started laughing. And he goes, you were speeding. I was like, what? He says, you were doing 48. And I goes, fuck, 48 and a 30. I knew I was in 30. And I was like, what? He said, yeah. And because he, he referred to me, he kept laughing. So he says, pull in behind my car and blah, blah. So pulled in behind the car and he took my license and I was texting Sarah and I was texting my boss, Denise, and letting her know I might be a tad late. I'm getting arrested. <laughs> and, um, he came back to the window. And we're chatting away, and he says, look, I have to give you, you now three penalty points and a £65 <gasps> fine. And I said, yeah, listen, no problem. I was being an idiot. Uh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, you're just doing your job. And I was being a tool. So, yeah, I fully understand. And he goes, but I'm not going to. <gasps> I was like, right. He says, I'm just going to give you a £30 fine, no penalty points, and a bit of a slap on the wrist. I was like, wow. And he says, I see they're in the back seat. You have a young car, uh, a children's car seat. And I says, yes, yeah, my wee fella, Finbo's, he's only, and I did call him Finbo too. He's only 18 months old, blah, blah, a year and a half, blah, blah. Um, and he said, he was giving the education then about how, you know, if you'd have been over a certain limit, this would have happened to children, blah, blah, blah. Because children can step out, obviously, in the road and it's unpredictable. And he saw that I was obviously shocked by the whole thing that I was doing. And he was just so, so sound. So 
a lot of mentions name obviously because it's identity and he's a police officer and unfortunately there's morons still uh, on this island that whatever but um really really gent- a gentleman an absolute gentleman of police officer that um taught me my lesson and also didn't have to be a dick about it and then when i drove off i gave him the thumbs up and he gave me the thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> you jolly bastard I drove uh, at like 17 mile an hour and uh, him and his <clears> mate were laughing at me. I was so careful driving off up the road. But a lesson learnt, uh, so easy to speed, that could have been catastrophic if the schools were back and something had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and even thinking of like, you know, you're an uncle, I'm a father and an uncle too. And you know, what can happen? Just well, I was going 18 mile an hour of a speed limit, but even a fraction over it can be so catastrophic. So that's how my third day started, sir. I mean... I was taught my lesson by a police officer a few years ago, but he taught me by giving me three points on a sixty-five pound fine. Bastard! But um, you don't have the charm like me, sir. No, well, I don't. I'm just very, you know, to the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about because I was driving into Armagh one time, but I was doing thirty. Um, because I am Perfect. just so I just don't want. I just think getting caught speeding is. Now, I know this is going to sound very rude to you, but I think it's stupid getting caught speed. Big time. So, I was so embarrassed. And I went over that hill, exactly what you were talking about, and there they were, with their wee hair dryers, I call it, pointing it up the road. And yep. I was like, fuck. And like, there was a car I could see him coming in my mirror, like, and he was flying up my ass, and I was just like, you know, you're being a wee prick tailgating me, so fuck you. I'm just gonna, gonna let you get done in here. I can see you coming over that hill, so whatever. He probably did get done, but that's that's very nice. That police officer, you don't you don't often get well, not in my experience anyway, with police officers and that sort of stuff. Um, get away with it, you know. Normally they're quite yeah. I thought that was it. I thought I'm I'm getting uh, penalty points, and that is it. Have you ever had points before? I haven't. So, um, pardon me, just burped the podcast class. Um, I haven't. I just I can't. Um. I was worried like I was going to, but I, to be honest, I had accepted you're an idiot here. I was more annoyed and more shocked I was going so far over the speed limit without realising. Um, so, like, uh, like coming home the night, I was like an old doll driving home. I, I know and, why. I know why. Right? I know why you didn't realise. Because I know you had Monday's podcast on and you were listening to me saying people that sniff coke don't get vaccines. And that's... <laughs> That's exactly why, because you were just so... Ooh, Actually, <laughs> I was listening to a fantasy podcast that was giving me tips for the oh, weekend. You're so into it now. You are I'm so into it. into it. I'm so into it. But but we'll leave that for Mondays, because um, we don't want to get too dragged down and too caught up in the fantasy and, and pollute two shows. But I am I am heavily addicted, and I put me killing Tony on my team. Um, a couple of things that have happened in football, away sort of from Premier League action, but one of them is to do with the Premier League, Johnny M., um, Today, and this is me again talking about Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp did a video with Cop Outs founder Paul Aman. So Cop mm-hmm. Outs is like a a foundation set up by Paul for um, the LGBT community or Liverpool fan base to get to games and to come together and to uh, you know have a group, so have a, a safe place basically and somewhere where they can come and watch games and enjoy Liverpool. Now if you don't know the context of what happened here, Liverpool were playing Norwich the weekend and we mentioned it on the Monday, on the Monday show. I almost called it the Monday Night Club. I mean, we've stole TNB, like BBC. I don't want to call it the Monday Night Club as well. Mark Chapman will come after me. But there was the, the Rent Boys chant was at Billy Gilmore. Now, 
the Ren Boys chant has been going on for years. I'm not sure if it's just Liverpool do it, but I know Liverpool have been doing it for years and years and years and years towards Chelsea. Um, so it's been passed down generations, down generations, and it has it is come to a point now where, and it, this should have been done years ago, where it needs to stop. So what's happened is the club and the club and Paul and Man have come together and I've produced a video today, it's about six minutes long. I urge anyone to go and find that on Twitter or the social media channels. And it's just a brilliant down to earth chat where Klopp puts across that I didn't know what was what I could hear in the stadium, but now that I hear it, I don't want to hear this ever again. And Paul talks about how being someone from that community and going to the game can make you feel sometimes and we don't want this. Like we've said this before in the podcast, that's not what we would want. I wouldn't want if Finn was gay or bi or whatever, I wouldn't want him to go to a game and hear something and feel horrible. Do you know what I mean? So I, I was really, really proud. I know if you jump in the comments section your head will be boiled because there's pricks everywhere. But I was really, really proud of Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool and Paul Amant coming out and doing this video this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched it. Um, I watched it a bit later in the afternoon after you had sent it to our WhatsApp group. But um, it was it was pretty cool from Klopp. Uh, I don't like the no glasses anymore. I have to admit, so I don't like it. <laughs> I like Klopp with glasses. I mean, when you try and draw him as a cartoon character now, he's just not as funny anymore. Um, <laughs> but that aside, that aside, yes, very cool, very nice Liverpool to do. Um, you'd be very proud of your club and your manager if. You know, if it was Arsenal and Michael Arteta, of course, you'd be very proud of him doing that and standing up. I mean, I'd done a bit of research into the whole chant and where it, you know, came from. Um, and I actually found that through the comments, funny enough, underneath. Um, and I just think, yeah, okay. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I mean, that was the 70s. Like, I don't know if you know where it's come from. I don't want to describe the whole story on this podcast because it's not worthwhile really telling. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was from the 70s anyway, involving the Chelsea supporter. Now, I've heard Arsenal fans, I've been at Arsenal-Chelsea games, I've heard Arsenal fans sing it to Chelsea players, Chelsea fans. I know Ashley Cole got it quite a lot back when he moved to Chelsea. Um, I call him a lot of different things, to be honest, but that wasn't one of them. It's not right, you know, in the day and age we're at, and I, I read some of the comments underneath the post, and you know, the, the people are thinking it's been blown out of proportion. You know, why are they making such a big deal out of it? Well, you know, if you have people in your life that are gay, you you know, you have to take into consideration their feelings. Like, they should be able to go yeah. to a football game without having to hear that nonsense. It's the exact same way. You wouldn't sing a song about somebody's race or, you know, the colour of their skin. You know, you just it's just not right. It's not on. Like, yeah. I don't care what way you done things back in the 70s and 80s when football was in the dark years and thankfully we never had the experience of that but that's not today you know we live in such a diverse world now you know you can walk down the street and you see somebody from any different background and it's like Liverpool was city of culture not that long ago I don't know where the hell it is now in the UK but I read was it was it man in the interview said he was it him maybe or did I read this somewhere that he sat beside a family of um family from like Asian background and the kid was no older than 10, and that was his 38th game at Anfield. You know, for a kid of 10 years old, that's pretty pretty impressive. Like, you know, he's been to more games impressive. than Anfield. So it's a, it's a game for everybody. Like, this, this bullshit of, oh, I've supported such and such for so long, and 
this is the way things are. I'm like, well, it's not. You know, things are different now. You know, the entire game is different. And anyone should be able to go watch football and play football. Whether it's male, female, or, you know, whatever you want to be, that's not down to us to, you know, dictate that this is the way it should be. It's not. It's a game for everyone. And, like, all this bullshit last year where people, you know, back the... um. What the flip was our campaign last year? It slipped out of my mind. It was on the Rainbow No, no, not that one. Black Lives Matter. Sorry, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, sorry, People yeah, are yeah, all yeah. backing it, and then they're coming back this year and saying, what's the big deal about this song? Well, have you heard it? <laughs> you know? Have you heard the song? It's not right. It's not right. It's not. It's right. not. It needs and to like, stop. And I, and I hope we play, Liverpool play Chelsea in two weeks, I think it is. Not next. Not this weekend, next weekend. And I hope there's not a mention of it. And I, I, I like, and this isn't just because it's Liverpool. I mean, if this had been Norwich the other way around, we'd have been doing this tonight talking about this. It's not just me trying to highlight it because whatever. I just, it's, it's, it's an important issue that needs addressed. Like, and I, this thing, I, I looked through the comment section. I'll tell you what I was doing. I was actually looking for that little prick from the cop um, that I fell out with at the Sevilla game because I knew, I've seen them before and things saying nonsense. I don't know if you remember this. Liverpool played, uh, Genk, was it Genk, I think, in the Champions League two years ago, and mm-hmm. there was a banner about Divock Origi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And lo and behold, who was it was in the middle of holding the banner up? Because I'll never forget his face, because like, we were right, we yeah. were squared right up to each other, like, and I was waiting on seeing him in this. I didn't see him in the comment section, um, but I was waiting on seeing it. But, like, it, like this whole notion of, of woke, like, get... To fuck. It's not woke. Like, it's being a fucking human. It's being a human with an actual soul and a heart and being sound. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I just, I, I was, I, I'm not going to touch on it too long and make the whole podcast, but I was, I was really, really proud. And all the clubs will do exactly the same. And I'll say the same thing. I'm proud when they come out and they bring in initiatives and things like this and they try and stamp things out. And hopefully this is only the start of it. And hopefully, but it's also the end of it. And um, it's things like this does stop because, like, as you said, like, we both, know people that are from the LGBT community um, I mean I wouldn't want any of our family that are from the LGBT community and I wouldn't want them if they came to Liverpool match with me to suddenly feel like out of place or feel alienated or feel scared or whatever do you know what I mean I would hate that and I really really would hate that and it would, it, like, it would break my heart so thankfully it was brought to head thankfully the club did something about it and um, hope everyone can get behind the campaign <laughs> From the crap announced today to stop it, he doesn't want to hear it anymore and just sing songs or sound. I mean, as Paul Man said, we all want to get under the skin of our opponents and our opponents' fans. I get that. But you don't need to you don't need to pick on either the colour of skin, the sexual orientation, things that you know, you don't need to go into that detail, like do you know what I mean? You can slag them by getting chinned by someone. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, another thing we were t- we were on a walk last night, John, and we were talking about and Paddy Renshaw actually got him. He's very playing cricket tonight. Um, he uh, he was on the phone with me earlier and he said he wanted us to talk about Haaland and we were talking about Haaland last night. Haaland the mm-hmm. mutant, he ca- he calls him. He is Johnny. I've watched that video about a hundred times now of him celebrating, and it's it's a, it is a FIFA character. What is that about? It's weird, isn't it? It's very weird. I actually, when I first seen it, I actually thought it was a clip from the new FIFA game or something. It, <laughs> wasn't it? It's really weird how he moves. It's so strange, like, and Johnny, or Paddy pointed out as well. 
Holland obviously is going to be the big star. Holland mm. and Mbappe. Now Mbappe had a weird summer, and we're not really sure. People are questioning now Mbappe's temperamental and all this here, blah 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 nonsense. But they're going to be the two kings. Like they're going to be the two superstars coming through. Pardon me. Mm. And possibly Pedri, just to annoy Steve. But Holland, like at the Totally Football Show, we're talking about him, and someone on the Totally Football Show likened him to Brazilian Ronaldo. He is such a freak of nature, this fella Holland, that. He could win multiple Ballon d'Ors, I think. Mm, once, once the other two kind of go, uh, and Lewandowski as well. It's kind of he's on the downturn, I suppose. He's in the the twilight of his career. Yeah, Holland, you know where he ends up next summer is going to be very interesting. Um, and obviously now you'd say Man City are linked with Lewandowski, so if they sign him, then does that mean Holland won't go to Man City next year? Like, I don't know. Well, I think Holland end up. Do you know what I think Holland end up? You going to say somewhere down the red half of Liverpool? Bayern Munich. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he he probably will. You know, he probably will because don't Bayern Munich just buy every one of Dortmund's best strikers? Yep. Apart from well, apart from Aubameyang, of course. Being the one it it, it would just his deal like the the deal that he has that uh, are. Uh, what do you call that? What do you call that when you can match the price on his contract uh, release clause? Release it comes clause, into yeah. effect. It comes into effect the end of this season, and it just really, really wouldn't surprise me if the two teams in Spain haven't got their act together yet. I mean, I think that all all the talk is that Real Madrid want to wait on Mbappe, run down his contract, and then they can announce their new stadium and obviously unveil Mbappe at the same time. That makes sense. And you would just, it, it, for me, it, it is just, it's Bayern Munich. And it's Lewandowski's coming to an end of his career now. There was always talk today, rumours that he wanted out. He, I think maybe he does. If you look at enough things, maybe possibly wants to move on, but he isn't going to force it. He's going to probably stay and score another 40 goals. But I could just see Erling Brutaland moving across to Munich and just being utterly devastating with Serge Gnabry, <laughs> Sané, Coman, whoever else they get, um, Kimmich behind him. I mean, he he looks like, if I was a kid, if I was a teenager, a young teenager, he would be the he would be my boy. Because mm-hmm. he looks like, out of the two of them, and I know Paddy will champion this as well, and I, I sort of, towards the last season, I was thinking more of Mbappe, but I've looked at Haaland, and then even just the way Haaland started this season, two two goals and three assists, um the other day, he just looks like an absolute machine, and he, he's, he's a player as well, you just find yourself... Like the other two, Messi and Ronaldo, watching him instead of watching it, what's going on. Like Dortmund played Bayern Munich the other night, John, Tuesday night in the Super Cup, and mm-hmm. Bayern Munich won three one and they played very well. But I just watched Holland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just frightening. He's a he's a special player, and it he'll have his pick of whoever he wants to go to next year because there's like what was it? What do you say? Sixty something million is it? That's release. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I mean, even we could push the band right and match that next year. I it don't think I don't think we'd hear from you for about a month if you sign Holland. I we're not ambitious enough. He won't come to us. Um, but I mean, he'd probably not go to Chelsea now because Chelsea have got Lukaku. Liverpool, Liverpool could be an option. Man United could be an option. You know, Cavani's only signed a one-year deal. Depending yeah. on Man City's, um. The reason why I don't think United is because of the Kane and 
Haaland's da thing. Yeah. Which would make sense. Spurs yeah. are getting beat, by the way, by Pacos de Ferreira. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a Thursday night this is. Um, they just scored Pacos de Ferreira in Portugal in the first leg of the Europa Conference League uh, playoff round, I think that is. Oh my God, do they actually but, have to qualify for this? Yes, they do. Um, Johnny, before we move, we're, we're going to finish off our listener questions and we have another topic we need to get into, but we have to, have to ask you about Arsenal's transfer business the last 24 hours. Happy, not happy, meh, what are you? Odegaard, happy. Yes, definitely happy. Um, I think we, we needed him, player like him. Um, he obviously knows the team. I think he'll not take long to get back into the run of things. Um, I know a couple of people have been unhappy with the sign of Odegaard, but I think some were just more looking to get Madison in the door. Mm-hmm. I've personally never been a massive fan of James Madison, but whatever. Um, I've got Odegaard now. I'm happy with that. Ramsdale. I mean, he wouldn't have been my number one pick. Um, but I think Ramsdale will add a presence to that back man. We well, see. I, I don't think he's a he's a terrible keeper. Like I know a no, lot of people not. have given him shit, and I know somebody put up today that the last four teams he signed for the all got relegated. <laughs> you know, he's no. insane or something. And uh, you know, Arsenal fans are like, oh shit. But I mean, Burnt Leno has been terrible the last twelve eighteen months. Ramsdale is not going to be any worse, you know, and. Listen, he's, he's English, which obviously helps with the homegrown quota. Um, I mean, I'm all for giving him a chance. Like, I'm all for giving everyone a chance, Bar William. Everyone a chance, like, you know, to prove themselves at Arsenal. So, um, we'll just see how he gets on. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm sure he won't be the worst thing. And I know people are, are trying to batter us around the head with the Odegaard fee, but I think 30 million for a player like Odegaard's great business, personally. So I think I think I think Odegaard is going to be brilliant when he comes in. If you add him and Smith Rowe and uh, Saka and then Martinelli would be my choice. I know the other two lads are possibly one of them's going to be back and go Bamiang this weekend. And look, Lacazette and the Bamiang when they want to be our class, they are brilliant, brilliant footballers. But it, that that when they want to be mm-hmm. is the problem. Whereas I think Martinelli's hungrier, um, and I'd like to see him give him a chance. If I was an Arsenal fan anyway. Um, but I think Ramsdale, like he does get a hard touch, and there is that thing hanging over him, as you said, of the relegations and relegations. But anybody that was would say anything to me, oh, you're saying someone's been relegated. So is Andy Robertson. Now he's mm-hmm. the best left back in the world, or certainly one of them. So was Genie Wijnaldum, and I miss him so much. And now he was he was unreal. Do you know what I mean? There, there's like there, there's a lot of because of the way the transfer window is now, and everyone expects you to ha- you have to sign superstars, 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 superstars. There's a load of snobbery goes on, and it's just not the case. Like Virgil van Dijk was at Southampton, and people were th- don't think Southampton's a great club and all this here and mid tail blah 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 nonsense. Look at Virgil van Dijk. So I like I, I think Ramsdale. I think someone like Ramsdale is what they need. He's still young enough. He can get better. He's not an amazing, amazing goalkeeper, don't get me wrong, but he's a presence, and they need a presence. It was obvious on Friday night. We talked about it on Monday night. They need someone else back there, command in that area. You cannot let someone stand your toes as a goalkeeper. You have to push back, and he'll do that. So, yeah, I don't know. What's interesting, we'll see how they get on, but I don't think it's all mad, but you know what football fans are like, Tony? Um... 
Right, this is going to be our favourite topic, I think, of tonight's show. And this will probably run on, I think, um, through the podcast. This is one of yours. This is yours. So you, you, what is the one you want to start tonight? What does you want to talk about this evening? Uh, football shirts? Yes, sir. Okay, let's do it. Your favourite jerseys? Mm, of all time. Right. Of all time. This is deadly. Like, I have... I find it hard. To, I was thinking about it today. I find it quite hard to pick just one because mm-hmm. there's been some amazing kits over the last 20, 30 years, really. Um, but do you want to do you want to say yours first or? Right. So I have a category. So I, like I have too many, and and there'll more come up across this Thursday night show as we go along. But I, I so t- long sleeve. Mm-hmm. I think a long sleeve jersey is just beats every short sleeve jersey going. I think there there's just something about it. There's that nostalgia about it. Maybe it's because we're nineties kids coming up. Uh, well, I know I was born in eighty eight, but whatever. And it's just, it's just something about it. They were just so. I mean, you look back at them now. We were spoiled for choice. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, but then one of the jerseys I love that I don't have yet, but is iconic, and it's so cliche. Is is the, is the Cruyff Holland jersey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy four with the two black stripes. There's also his Ajax jersey, which is amazing. But I came across this when I was looking earlier, um, and I'll try and add it on to our, our socials tomorrow to show you. I was thinking about this earlier. It's the year Liverpool played Roma in the Champions League. I actually had that season's Roma top, and then whatever happened, to Sean Cox. I just felt a wee bit weird having it, so I gave it to a friend's uh, son who was 11 at the time, but was bigger than me, but whatever. And he has the jersey. And I miss now not having the Roma top. I want the Roma top back. Roma had a top. I don't know what year it was. I think it might have been, like, uh, late 80s. It was Adidas. It was long-sleeved and it had Barilla on the front. The colour of Roma's jersey is just, to me, it's just French, French kiss. It's just beautiful and... If I can get that in long sleeve, I will pay whatever needs to be paid because I think and from I might it's it's the one I don't have, the one I like it just came back into my head, I was like, Oh my this is the one I want. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful top. There's it and there's also Badestuda's Fiorentina top with Super Nintendo on the front. Mm-hmm. I mean that I know it's I know it's a classic, but that is just oh sir. What about you? That's actually on the list here. <laughs> that one you just described. <laughs> um I love, well, my favourite ever Arsenal kit. I mean, oh, there's two really. I mean, there's more than two. I mean, I love them all. Um, apart from last year's away one. But I loved the, the gold Sega one from 0102. I just thought it was unreal. Yes. Class gold shirt. Uh, it was my first ever Arsenal away top that I ever got. Um, and I really loved the, Season after the Invincibles, that home kit with the badge in the middle, I loved it. Um, oh, I mean, there's been so many nice kits. I mean, that the the old Napoli kits are really really nice. Um, I know they've obviously been in the headlines over the last year because of Maradona, and maybe that's why they're in my head because of Maradona. But I just thought those old kits were. It, it seems to be a lot of the older thing. I love the Roma kits as well. I have one of the Nike ones from a couple of years ago. Oh. And just the colour of them is just 
it's sensational. They're great kits. Uh, I'm not too fussed on the New Balance ones though. Have you, I don't know if you've seen them. I'm not really. I don't, I, see, I actually miss New Balance. I miss the Liverpool on New Balance anymore because I, I think they're amazing. Um, jerseys that we had, like, my favourite Liverpool kit of all time now will, will be the one, pardon me, that, uh, they won the league in, and the second one will be the one that they won the Champions League in under Klopp. I, which I didn't, I, it's the one I don't have out of all the recent ones, and I, I want, um, with the collar. Mm-hmm. I think New Balance, I think New Balance, I think the Roma kits, actually, I love them, I love the white one. I think, the I think, New ba- nice. yeah, the white, I think New Balance, uh, New Balance pisses all over Puma, man. Oh. Which is, which is Absolutely. where we probably got, got this topic from for tonight, was the, the horrendous Puma jerseys. That have been released, an absolute abomination. They just look like pajama tops. There is uh, some fella put up on Twitter today that he went on to paint on his computer and recreated <laughs> the Man City, oh my God. the Man City one in less than five minutes. He says that's how long it took him to do it. I mean, they're they're a disgrace. There's one top actually here that's popped up. Um, I've seen it on classic football shirts a while ago. It was the 1984 France home top, and it is a long yes. sleeve one, and it is yes. stunning. It is unbelievable. Yeah. It's a great yeah. shirt. Great yeah. shirt. I, I actually think, man, I don't know what our listeners think, so let us know when you've heard uh, tonight. Show. I actually don't, I'm not buying any Liverpool top. I was thinking and thinking and thinking about it, I'm not going to. And I might get it for Finn. Mm-hmm. And I obviously have last year's Lego Madrid top, but I think I'm going to go back, going to go start to buy more retro jerseys and just have retro jerseys going forward because I have the Italy one, I have the uh, 86 Maradona one which I, I, like, I, I wear all the time which is love mm-hmm. it to pieces and I want a few more like the Brazil 94 one, you know the Umbro one? Mm-hmm. What a jersey yeah. voice. I, there's just something about I think I, we say this all the time the new kits just feel boring. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, can a kit have character? They don't seem to have it anymore. They don't seem to. The new kits, to me, nothing really stands out as, oof. Some of the Adidas ones uh, for two last World Cup were decent. Some of them have looked good. There's a Spain retro one as well from 96, which is unreal. But no, there's nothing really appealing to me now. But if you were to, what's the one kit you don't have, the one jersey you don't have, Johnny? And listeners uh, and fellow Bamberish, Hit us with this when you hear this. That you don't have that you would love. That I would love. Um, I think I mentioned it last night, but I would really, really love a Baca Juniors top. Yeah. I just think they're class kits. Um, this yeah. this year's one they've released is just sweet. Class. It's like it very retro looking. Yeah. Yeah. Class. What about you? I think. Um, I, I would love, I'd love that 2018 Champions League winning, 2019 Champions League winning Liverpool home jersey, but if I had to pick one and I was only allowed to buy the last jersey of all time, I, I would buy the Hummel Denmark top, the the one from uh, 86, that's the one I'd go for. Uh, I'd buy it, I'd spend a lot of money on it, and that would do me for it. I don't even know if it were it, actually, it might just frame it, and that would do me. It would be the one out of all the jerseys that, because it's so expensive too, to buy the original, like it's just daft. Mm. That would be the one out of all of them I'd go and buy. I, we, I spoke to Paddy tonight, as I said, and he said it would be one with a sash, 
No, actually, he's a pro. Nah, um, and it would be, uh, it would be, but I'd say it would be probably be Peru or River Plate. Paddy loves a good sash on a football jersey. Sort of, I love the Peru one and Ryan Vicano. Um, well, we'll have Robbie Dunn actually on the podcast soon when he's back from Solis. Uh, the the Ryan Vicano one was sash. They're very, very, there's something about them because they stand out. Um, I know River Plate one. Oh, good man yourself. Um, still has the tags on. Oh. Sir. Never that had it on. Keep, keep that. Cause that's gonna, that's gonna get you a lot of dollar down the lines. So, to finish off our little booster pod, we have a uh, listener questions now. Uh, I should have asked Brett in this better. I asked him who asked him, but I didn't ask him time in the order. So, obviously, Mike Holt. Hello, Mr. Mike Holt. Big Red and a very successful podcaster. I think he's almost 10,000 listens over his podcast um, going to the match in the last year. So, Mike, well done. Absolutely smashed it, fella. Um, from the Isle of Man too, which I have been, but I haven't been back in years. And don't worry, Mike, I'm coming soon. And then, obviously, uh, Rizzo. Our boy Rizzo, Johnny. Obviously, he got involved. What a guy he is. King of Pure Gavin. Um, so, two questions. So I, don't know, I don't know, lads, which one he's asked which of these two questions that we've picked, but we're going to go with it. So, thank you for both of them. Um, so one of them is, do you think the Super League is going to be revived and it's going to go back to the notion of it? What do you think, John? Um, I think it will come back in some form. Um, yeah. UEFA will definitely be involved because they're absolute scoundrels. Um, <laughs> scoundrels? They are, they're scoundrels. Um, I, I don't think it's that far away either. Um, I mean, if you keep a close eye on what's going on, in football at the moment, like there's wee hints that it is coming. Like the fact that Madrid and Barcelona and Juventus still haven't pulled out of this other Super League, um, mm-hmm. you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona, like Barcelona isn't what a billion worth of debt. There's only one way, realistically, that very soon they're going to be able to pull out of that. Very soon, like you know, it's not going to take them long to pull out of that. In the fact that if they join the Super League with all this money. That would help them clear a lot of that debt. Um, they're not going to do that without a Super League, I don't think. You know, it'll be a long time before Barcelona can get back to anywhere near what they were with their dominance um, without a Super League, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and then there's obviously the chat with Real Madrid, you know, looking at Mbappe, and it seems like Mbappe might want to go to Real Madrid as well. You know, where are they pulling the money from? The sign Mbappe, you know, unless he goes on a free. Which I think he maybe only has a year left on his PSG contract. Um, so yeah, I think it will. It'll it'll come back. Um, but you know, you see the way some clubs now that were part of the Super League that pulled out the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, etc., have all been made the same some sort of contract now about some sort of nonsense anyway. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think someone put up an article about it saying it basically is not legally binding. I don't know. I didn't look into it really, to be quite honest, but. Yeah, in short, I do think it will come back, um, and I don't think it's going to be very far away either. But what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to come to fruition. I think it'll come through. It'll be a thing. Uh, unfortunately, um, I mean, you've Real Madrid, PSG, and the Catalonia uh, Clown College just. Well, maybe not PSG. Obviously, they do have their act in order because they have so much money. But I mean, like. This notion that uh, they're the good guys and, you know, they're here to look after the sport and blah, blah. 
and that uh, th- that's I mean that's gonna just dismantle soon. And I think UF will be heavily involved with what happens next, and there will be a tiered maybe UEFA uh, European Super League. Um, well, look, we look look what they're looking to do with the FIFA World Club Cup. They're looking to have about three hundred teams in it. We could probably put a team in it the way they're getting on. Um, mm-hmm. and they're looking to do that. It's looking to expand, expand, expand. I don't know why football, and this is maybe for another podcast. We might get someone on the chat this about this, Johnny. I don't know why football feels the need to constantly keep trying to make it. So I, I, I don't, I don't mean not grow the game, keep growing the game, obviously, but a grassroots level rather than fucking the top echelons. Which has to, everything has to get bigger and bigger and bigger and more games and more games and more games and more games. That's just not gonna be, that's just not gonna work. So something will have to change, I think, because football at the minute isn't balanced. And I mean, w- yes, the seasons have only started, and everyone's oh, coming up rosy. We have an international break in two weekends, Johnny. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Uh, we have a World Cup coming up, which we're going to talk about a lot probably, and it's going to be in December, and um, because it's too feckin' warm to have it in the summer months where they're playing it, which you know. I think if you look at last season, like over the last eighteen months of football, yeah, you know, I I would say last season nearly killed some players in terms of like, you know, you seen what happened to Christian Eriksen. I don't know if you know the the amount of football that was played last season had an effect on his condition. I have no idea. I'm not going to speculate about that, but you know, I I've read about some footballers. Like their love for the game almost went after last season and the end of the previous season. You know, just constant training, playing games, playing games, playing games, just to get it all filled in and to suit TV coverage. And, you know, if you're going to add a massive Super League that's going to require you to play teams, you know, like Barcelona every other week or Juventus and you're traveling here and there and everywhere, the love for the game is just going to die away, you know. Yes, you can get paid, and I know you've seen footballers have said this many times. You know, we get paid all this money, yes, but you know, we lose out on Christmas Day with our families and New Year's and all this here stuff. And they, why can we not just go back to three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday? Wasn't it so good with all this three o'clock kickoffs this Saturday? Yeah, it was like I was talking. I was talking to an ex Barbara, the Prince of Rome, about it, and it just felt unreal to have. Five games like Mark Chapman and Ian Dennis from BBC uh, talking about the games that are coming on on Saturday and then the commentaries and bouncing around the grounds. And I was like, This it feels really weird, but I was like, This feels normal. This is what a Saturday feels like for me, us anyway, as football fans. Yeah. So many games going on, games going on around the grounds. N- like, no Monday night football. I don't miss it, to be honest. I know it's going to be coming back. I do think Sky is still doing it, but yeah. I didn't miss it. No, didn't miss it at all. No. In my opinion, it should be a Friday night if you can do it, as long as you're not asking Newcastle to go to London and things like that. Um, and Saturday, Saturday 3 o'clock, uh, Sunday. That's when I would do it. I know they want to do because BT has to get the lunchtime kickoff. That's fair if you want to keep that, whatever. But it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you're finished. And if you need to do a Sunday night, as long as you keep it within reason, where you're not asking fans to travel all over the place, then yeah. But I, I would, I would be happy enough to get rid of the Monday, if I'm honest. I kind of didn't like the Sunday night in particular. Like, no, I, think I we, was we, a huge fan. I think we chatted about it before, uh, maybe with Paddy and stuff. You know, I used to yeah. love watching the Super Sunday, and then when that four half four game finished, La Liga used to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to love yeah. that, but that's obviously yeah. gone now. 
football is just bought by every company that's willing to pay the most money. So, <laughs> um, I mean, the 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 less the as I don't want to see Jamie Carragher at all anymore. So the less and less I have to see him on TV, the happier I'm kind of going to be. So and Jimmy O'Hara as well. Jimmy O'Hara, like I told you, is literally a smoked Christmas ham. He looks like he's been on the beds way too much, and you're not getting the tan, mate. You're pure pink. You're you're Alan Brazil pink. Oh, what a what a fatigue, or what a what a what a um, comparison. Sorry, fatigue. Well, he, he actually looks fatigued, Brazil, but um, <laughs> yeah, that is. He's basically and dust. you get Jimmy Hart in somewhere. He is dust. Um, the other question was, at the end of this transfer window, basically, who do we think will be the best signing? The best signing? Mm. Um. See, if you go and say, if you say Lukaku, fair enough, but that's a hundred odd million. That's still a lot of money. Jack Grealish, hundred odd million, a lot of money. Ferran, thirty-five million. I mean, that's... Is this you know, just the, is this just the Premier League? Because if it's well, not, no, obviously, I'm, I'm just, obviously I'm just Messi is probably the best signing. Well, I mean, because he's free. Naturally. Well, you know, um, he's, he's well, no transfer fee, but probably yeah. his wages would be ridiculous. No. I mean, PSG have probably had the best transfer window in terms of free signings. Um, yeah, they're just paying extortion and wages, but yeah, I think I think we can exclude them from this conversation. Yeah, just because, keep them out of it. Yeah. If we want, I want to just keep it Premier League. Fair enough. Um, okay. Hmm. I mean, I, nobody's really standing out. Because San- Sancho was good, but like again, it's the there, there was a real, me off. Yeah. Plus, there was. I don't know if I just missed it, but there didn't seem to be like such a as big a fanfare around Sancho signing. Maybe people were just fatigued from. Uh, it going on for so long that saga that they're all like, all right, fair enough, he's finally an United player now. Yeah. But you know, they didn't seem like a massive buzz about it. Um, I so mean, I think if, you, if yeah. we get to the end of the transfer window, um, William fucks off somewhere. I mean, that'll be the best transfer of the window. Oh well, there you are. I think that'll be unreal, sir. But I mean, I don't know, like ninety-seven million for Lukaku, and when the you know sold him couple of years back and then they're bringing them back for probably triple the price Ugh, I can't really say that's the best signing of the window even though we make a one score we know 25-30 goals from this season mm-hmm. I'll find it hard to kind of say yeah Jack Grealish is probably the worst transfer of the window um, that's only a great start no definitely not we'll see where where Harry Kane ends up but funny enough Arsenal have actually spent the most out of all the Premier League clubs this time this summer <laughs> and um yeah, it's kind of worrying to see where we still are, but sure, we're, we're still have we still have another couple of days to go for the transfer window, so we'll see where we are on the thirty first of August. I um, think, in terms of value, I think um, Emmy Buendia at Villa. I think he'll come good at Villa, and I think he will, might be in my pick. Just in terms of value, in terms of things, uh, possibly the signing. Of of the window for me anyway because it, I think it's every lazy of us to say oh man and also sorry I actually mentioned him earlier this is daft can't believe we got him Varane Varane and Bundesliga mm. for me would be Varane obviously is world class operator he's won everything and they've got mm. him for thirty five million now people will say did they get him for thirty five million because Real Madrid knew what was going on with him physically or whatever we don't know the only time will tell but I think Villa have spent 
They've got 100 million in the spend, 34 million on Emi Buendia. He's a class operator, a great player. I think that'll be great. And then Rafa Varane, I think, could prove to be uh, the signing of the window. Not necessarily thinking he's going to win them everything, my United, but just going to solidify that defence so much. Mm-hmm. That that's what I think possibly. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good shout. In terms of quality, like, yeah, um, Madrid are desperate for money. So United mm-hmm. have taken advantage of that. And the fact the player wanted to go as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Varane is a good shout. Bundy mm-hmm. as well. Like, I know we were, were um, meant to be after him too. And Villa got there in the end. But I was I, I didn't think he'd done much um, last Saturday. I seen he got taken off after a while. But, yeah, I mean, he's just, just in the new team. So give him, give him a couple of games to kind of yeah. find his feet. I think he could be a good player too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. Johnny, I think that'll do us for our, what is our second TNB because the last one didn't get edited. Uh, I'm mistaken yeah. myself to remind the big dog, and um, I think that'll do us for uh, TNB this week. Is it all spoiled? Spoiled? Yeah, spoiled. Spoiler rotten. Um, thanks for anyone that's got in touch for questions and stuff and, and shared the podcast and different things. We really appreciate it. Uh, get all of our podcasts on your podcast networks. We I use Podcast Addict. I always promote it. So you can use Spotify or Apple. You'll find us the Football Bubble Pod. Uh, this show will come up probably on Friday mornings for you, so keep an eye out for it. Do us a favour as well. Tell all your mates about it. Get the more people listening, the better. Share the podcast if you see it in your social media channels. Uh, Twitter and Instagram we we'll really, really appreciate that and also we have a Patreon you don't have to sign up to it but it would really sound if you did it's only £1 a month £12 a year it helps us greatly it helps us produce more content and get bigger and better and that's what we want here at the Babel so go to our Patreon page and our Patreon link is Jonathan do you know it? of course I do it's patreon.com forward slash football babble Boom. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening, folks. Chat is on Monday evening. We're back with our normal show and enjoy the football this weekend and good luck.